Welcome, welcome. You're now tuning in to Top 5 Podcast, the weekly millennial podcast where we unpack what's relevant in the culture. Everything from music, sports, politics, and anything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the vibes. Welcome, welcome. You're now tuned in to Top 5 Podcast. You're listening to Jovi E. We've also got Duke in the house. What's happening, y'all? Hope y'all good. Staying safe during got- this time. My bad. Let me rock out. You cut me off. Okay, go crazy, bro. Go crazy. Are you done? Yeah, are you done? I'm done. Okay. Um, we also have TV, a.k.a. Tuberculosis here. Yeah, we here. Damn. You thought that bothered me, but it didn't. Look, I just rolled with it. <laughs> We we here. You've embraced the nickname. Um, we've got Michael, aka Coach Mike, allegedly. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Hope everybody doing good, staying safe out there, like Duke said. And of course, you've got Keith, aka Marquise. I don't have a funny nickname for him yet, but it's coming soon. No, that's cool. You was going down frying everybody up. I'm I'm, I'm just happy to be safe. You could have said Mark Marquise. Oh but you God. can't use that one now. You can't use that one. All right. All right, That's, guy. It, like, organically the first time. Like, I didn't want to force it or nothing. But yeah, we That's here? cool. Sorry, Keith. Um, Sorry. So last week, we gave our listeners kind of like our top five favorite social media apps. And one thing that remained true okay, um, across all boards was that Clubhouse was on no one's favorite list. And I'm just wondering why. Why? What do you feel in Clubhouse? Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I, I've never been on there, so I don't. Of course, you haven't. Clubhouse is just, I feel like, well, one, the, the app is all over the place. Like, you know what I'm saying? And two, the, the elitism is out of control. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got people that think that they're better than others because of their opinion. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you got a bunch of like randoms. First of all, they, they treat everything like, like a, it's a real platform, but it's like they they consider like the stage or whatever. So it's like, yo, I'm bringing you up to the stage, whatever, blah blah blah. But I don't think it's that serious. That like you know, with some people, like let's say you talk out of turn, they're like, oh, I'm gonna kick you out of my room, or you know, blah blah blah. And this is like, bro, like, calm down. Like this is just it clubhouse. Is like not that deep. It's definitely not that deep. Yeah, they it's like going on their little power trips on a clubhouse. Definitely power trips on clubhouse, and it's people that like without that platform, like, wouldn't have that space to talk about the bullshit. And then when you, while they're speaking, you go on on the Instagram, you're like, you're not even really like that. So, yeah, like, so like I, what, I don't know, you mentioned, you mentioned elitism, like, I guess how, how we define elitism and the elitism that's like, on the app or just in general, like, how, like, what type of elitism? No, nah, I definitely feel where TB coming from, definitely with the, with, with Clubhouse being like that. Um, so I definitely agree. Um, but my aspect coming from like, you know, that aspect that TV's talking about, I think elitism is when somebody thinks they have an amount of knowledge that someone else doesn't have, sharing it and trying to like shit on people. Mm. Um, you see a lot of that on Twitter too. Like, why are you getting sassy with me over some something I didn't know? Like, so, somebody sassed you? 
Oh, uh, no, nah, not me specifically, but you see it every day, though. People just be people. <laughs> no, nah, not me. But people will get smart over like something that's like, bro, like it was just a question. Like, I didn't know. Like, you could have just educated me and that would have been that. But like, you know, people will try to make you will belittle you just because of the simplest stuff. Like, it's right. pretty weird. So the quote unquote official definition of elitism is the advocacy or existence of an elite as dominating element in a system or society. It says the attitude or behavior of a person or group who regard themselves as belonging to an elite. So I feel like it's important to just define it in its literal sense. And then I know that with that definition, we may all have our different views or perspective on how that takes place in different facets of our life, correct? Can we get the Urban Dictionary version of that? <laughs> No, like for real though. <laughs> say less. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of I, I can understand that that definition. I don't know if I would define elitism as the same as that definition. I don't know, it may mean something different to me, but I don't know. I like when it when they're missing a dominating force. I don't I don't know. I don't look at elitism as necessarily a dominating force of thinking that, you know, you should, you know, you should be more than someone else. But sometimes some people are just more adept at certain things than other people. Some people are more skilled at certain things than other people. Some people are more knowledgeable at certain things than other people. But um, I don't know. I think we should be open up to, to to wanting more and building off of one each other. But I don't know. I don't, I don't look at it as a negative thing necessarily. I think, I mean, there's a difference between wanting more and wanting other people um, to want more as well and, and looking down at your nose at those other people who might not be in the same sphere as you are. And the people who look down their nose at those people is where the elitism comes in. Because of course, everyone is in different levels and different, um, I don't know, zones in their lives and that's cool, but it, it becomes an elitist kind of view when you're like, oh, I'm better than you because I've achieved this, this and that, or I'm in a different space than you are. And that I'm better than you mindset is where that comes in, you know, in my, in my perspective, in my opinion. At least. I mean, I think uh, I will rock with like the urban dictionary version where it's just like, that feeling of relief that someone's social group is superior than another. And I'll just target in on that superiority thing. I mean, it's fine that you're in a different caliber of people. A lot of people are in different areas. Some people are elite in several different areas. It's just feeling and putting yourself above someone, like putting yourself on some type of platform and putting, like pushing people other down. Like obviously say you have I mean, one in media, we talk about sports all the time. And it's that one thing I see a lot is just like people calling people casual fans now. Like if they, whether it be basketball, whether it be MMA, it could be anything, anything that requires some type of technicality. People who say covered the sport longer, maybe have played often, you know, it's not everyone, but you do have individuals who like to put other people down just because they feel that their experience warrants a certain, uh, validation opposed to others especially when things aren't even the uh, exact science so it's like yeah you may know and may be more educated but does that make you better than someone else who just has something like we have just our own perspective like hearing what you said like is that more so a lot of people have more alike like ego behind their elitism to me it's 
to me, a lot of it, it, it does come down to ego because even when we're talking about clout chasing the last thing, it's, it's like, uh, was it Lincoln? Yeah, Lincoln said, give a man power and you'll see the true content of his character, which holds true. And these social tools that we have and being someone who's well-educated in the area, it does give you a certain sense of authority because that's what a lot of people use authority to see. They like to, you know, we're talking about COVID. Well, what are the doctors are going to say? What are the scientists are saying? You know, that's okay to, you know, we go to you because you actually put in the work and know. But where it becomes elitism is if you just have, someone else just has an opinion or a question or just any observation about the relative field. And I mean, now they're idiots just because, you know, it didn't come for you and you don't agree and so on and so forth. So I get what you're saying. Like there, there's like different levels between this whole, I guess, elitism and professional. When it's in a professional setting, you don't feel like it's elitism. Like say, for example, if you work in IT and you have somebody that doesn't work in IT and they have an idea about something or like literally your knowledge and your skill base is what makes you more qualified to talk about that subject. You know what I mean? Like, so that you knowing that and you being confident in what you do, all of us have our own professions and we're professionals at what we do. In a professional setting, me knowing that doesn't make me an elitist. It's a fact that I'm more skilled and I know what I'm doing and you are less skilled and you don't, you aren't as qualified to talk about this subject or to deal with this subject than me. But I, I think I get what you're saying. Like when yeah. there's matters of opinion or matters of things that are like subjective, when you bring that aspect into it, I think I can agree with that. That's probably when it becomes elitism, but I know you were about to say something, Joe. Go ahead. Um, this conversation just reminds me of, uh, it's like a quote from an interview that Toni Morris did, which is ironic because um, she just recently, it was just recently her birthday, um, but she said something about, something along the lines of, if you can only be, what is it? If you can only be tall because somebody else is on their knees, then you have a serious problem. And I think that is something that you have to take into effect or bring into mind when you're talking about elitism. Like it's usually people's egos that like uh, once they can, they are only, they only feel like they have this pedestal or this platform because there's someone else below them. And that is where elitism comes in, in my mind. Yeah. Good point. That's a good point. I, I agree with all that. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Top five, top five, top five. All right, welcome, welcome. Um, you're still listening to Top Five Podcast with Joe V.E., Duke, TV, Michael, and Keese. Um, This topic for today is on elitism. And earlier we were talking about elitism in a kind of like a general, very wide scope. And I thought it'd be a good idea to narrow it down and kind of talk about it in things um, or in ways that we'd see it in like a day-to-day. So yeah, we're just gonna um, narrow it down and talk about it in a very specific um, kind of context. And I think it'd be pretty interesting to talk about it in like the academic or sports context um, and see if there's any elitism that we can unpack in those aspects. Yeah, I think it definitely, um, there's definitely some elitism when it comes to education and athletics, Um, especially when you're dealing with like high school athletes and um, trying to get them to go to the, the, larger levels when it comes to like SEC, ACC, um, just playing a, a sport in general. Um, when you get to that certain level, kids who are at D1s don't even work out with kids who are in D2s anymore just because of like 
like, no, nah, I'm not working out with this cat. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, uh, he's at a D2 school, you know what I mean? But it, it's different levels of elitism, but that's just, you know, one aspect. Uh, a lot of kids that go D1, um, look down on D2 kids, D3 kids, and, uh, even educationals like HBCUs, um, PWIs look down on HBC, HBCUs and it's just like a whole system of like trauma that we have to get over. I feel like you also see that with like the, the better players, like they get treated better than like the bench warmers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like that. Like, I, I can't really speak on that because I, I play college sports, but you do see it though. Like, you know, the, the better players get more privileges than the dude that wouldn't get in a game. My bad. What were you going to say, Mike? No, I was going to ask, like, I mean, do you feel like there is there is a positive aspect to it, though? Because, I mean, to be to be honest, there are levels. There are levels of competition. There are better players on certain levels. There are better players on certain teams. It's just That's just the reality of it is, is that everybody isn't created equal when it comes to sports. Like, there are some people that are more athletic than others, and there's some teams that are better than others. So, like, from a competition standpoint, do you feel like there is some type of um, positive aspect to, you know, there being tiers of athletes and things like that. Like, I mean, from your perspective, what do you think? Because I mean, even go back, going back to like your recruiting days, like I'm sure like as a recruit, you're looking for certain things in a school and you're looking for certain things in a program. And in a certain sense, that's an elitist attitude, but it's, it's for your benefit. It's not a bad thing, you know? Yeah, but no, I, I'm, I'm beyond Real quick, there's a difference between when it's like you're thinking about an organization or a team as a whole being better than other teams in another conference versus on the individual level where it's like one player from that just happens to be at a D2 school trying to work out with another player who's at a D1 school and them not wanting to work out together. Like you don't know the kind of drive um, that, or competitiveness that this one individual at this team happens to have. And you're just gonna completely negate that or look down your nose at that because he happens to be playing at a D2 school. Like that's, I think that mindset is where the, like on an individual level is where the elitist mindset comes in versus on, like you said, in a team, like, his team might not be like that program just might not be good. You know, and that's why that program is in a, in the conference that it is, but that, that doesn't take away from what that individual has to offer anywhere that individual is. You know, I, I, I completely agree. I want to look at uh, uh, John Morant and Zion, you know, like they play AAU basketball together. John Morant ended up going to, uh, who do you, whoa, uh, wasn't Wichita, was it? No, no, nah, nah, somewhere in Kentucky. Keith, where, where did uh, Murray? He went to Murray State. Murray, Murray State. State. Correct, correct, correct. Murray State is not a a huge Division One program. Zion went to Duke, but at the end of the day, who's been putting up more numbers than Zion? Is John Morant? You know what I mean? Like, it's just these guys in the small schools can really do a lot better at um then these guys at these these large D1 programs, going back to Jovi's point, you don't know anyone's work ethic. You don't know anything about this guy. He His grades may be, made it, might have been messed up in high school, but regardless, you know, he's thriving at his university. You know what I'm saying? You got to – that has to be canceled out because at the end of the day, you got to look at everybody equal. And I just hate that these programs put you at a point where, you you know, you're you're forced to look at these, these D2s or these D1AA players – and look at them as like, oh, they're, they're, they can't bring anything to the table. So can I ask you something? My bad. Go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead, I was, I was going to say, is there a such thing as good elitism or like 
I mean, I think That's you have to I don't. benefiting. Think about who it's benefiting because these structures and these mindsets aren't in place um, by accident. Like someone is in for reinforcing that mindset and you have to think about who's benefiting from keeping everyone thinking that like someone's better than someone else. The NCAA. But sometimes someone is better than someone else. When it comes to sports, it's just that simple. Like, we're we're not talking about like the the, the aspect from a personal standpoint or anything, or even a, a work you know work habits and anything like that, or the desire to want it more. We're not saying that these students don't work as hard. We're not saying that these students don't want it as bad. We're not saying any of that. But the proof is in the pudding that some guy, some some student student athletes are better than other student athletes at their sport. You know I think. I think what's getting confused is being elite versus just elitism where I'm circling in on. It's just feeling that you're better than someone in a more of a, a negative sense. Like it's okay to understand that you're better than a lot of people around you. I mean, a lot of that is what drives players to be where they are. I mean, we talk about Tom Brady all the time, all the people who drafted over him, like all these players in the draft, NBA, NFL, NHL, it doesn't matter when having a positive feelings about just self-confidence in yourself that you can do things on an elite level isn't the bad thing it's that it's when because you know you're elite that it causes you to treat people poorly in other areas and i think that's that's just the main thing i think a lot of things and what we learn about media is it's like they praise the elite but at the same time uh, they try to make people feel, have negative feelings toward people who are just the best at what they do, especially those who are extremely wealthy, people who consider themselves like there's people who are extremely wealthy, rich billionaires who they know they're part of the elite, but that doesn't mean that they treat other people poorly. Then you have those who be like, yeah, you can't sit with us type. And that and that's where the issue is. So what would so you, you consider, can't sit with us? What would you consider like, so, well, we all we all know LeBron's elite, but he doesn't go about it as if he's trying to like shit on everybody else. What would y'all consider like a Floyd Mayweather? Like, would you not say that he's not? Nah, well, yeah, I mean, of course. I he's, mean, you got to th- you got to think of it like this: if you're Floyd Mayweather, right, you're not just going to train and work out with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, if you're Kobe, well, you know, God bless the dead. If you're Kobe Bryant, you're not just going to work out with anybody. You're not just going to shoot around and work on your game with anybody. You're going to work out pe- with people who are on your level or who are going to make you better or challenge you. So, like, that mindset is like, and it's not that I'm thinking that you're trash or anything like that. It's just I think I'm on a different level. My level happens to be a little bit more elite. So, I'm going to work out with a little bit more elite talent. You know what I mean? I mean, these are your example of Floyd Mayweather. I'm sure he, he's not up to just spar with anybody. You have to have a certain level of skill and ability to get into the ring with him and to spar with him. Well, wait to that point. He is fighting against. Uh, what's he's retired. No, no, nah, nah, he's retired. That doesn't count. Is that is that real? I, that's one thing I wanted to know. I thought it was like, is it an actual thing or? Nah, it's an exhibition, so that doesn't doesn't count. True, true. Right. Almost had you there. That's that's true though. That's true. So, so the go get you. To highlight your point real quick, Mike, you talked about, um, you know, Kobe working out with, you know, the greats. You talked about Floyd, you know, working out with the greats. So, like, I'm putting it this into my perspective. I live by this quote when my grandfather told me um, this, you know, never be the smartest person in the room. You know what I mean? So, like, how am I able – he said, how am I able to benefit from anyone in this room if I'm the smartest person in the room? So, would that be classified as elitism? Or would, nah, because you, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to be around people 
that could at least teach you something. Like, you know, what if, like, what are you hanging around people that, that can't really, you know, like, yeah, add value to your life in any form? Like, you're just really bringing yourself down. So I don't feel like that would be good elitism, if anything. I don't think that's like a bad thing at all. Definitely. So I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because like so last week for the put you on segment, um, one thing that I was talking about was Booker T. Washington and W. B. Du Bois, right? And one of the biggest thing that Du Bois talked about was uh, the talented tenth, which is basically a theory that there's about ten percent of the population that is technically elite, and it's on them to bring the rest of the population up to their level. So, you know, there's basically, you know, the talented tent, the people that are educated, the people that are skilled, and it's on them to teach the rest of the 90% and, you know, so forth and so forth. So, I mean, touching on kind of what you were talking about, like, I mean, I don't know, like, do y'all agree with that? Do y'all agree that when you know better, you do better? And when you, what that means is like kind of bringing everybody up. But if you look at it from the perspective of the person being brought up, it's easy for them to look at you as being an elitist because well, who is this person trying to teach me, trying to tell me what to do and trying to do this? What makes them better than me? Because they have, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like you can be at different ways. I think it's about the delivery, right? So there are some people who um, in their delivery of trying to bring those people up it's like a why aren't y'all doing this like y'all niggas don't know nothing y'all y'all ain't doing shit with y'all lives why aren't y'all dd and it's like a forex folk it's all wrong even (laughs) though they might actually have the knowledge and um the resources and access to the resources and the privilege to be able to pull people up because the delivery isn't there now it's very off-putting to the people that they're trying to educate whereas someone like no name i think no name and the way that she's going about it she's literally like i didn't know this shit these are the things that i am researching and i'm using to gain this knowledge and she's just making it available to whoever wants to pick that knowledge up and run with it you know but she kind of wild out on my man cole she really wild out about it she did she did she wild I, out I, honestly I'm, chasing. I'm, a, I'm a huge cole fan i still don't really know like the full i think i was like on a social media cleanse during that time and i kind of oh. came back well, like listen to a, snow on the bluff Snow on a Bluff, oh. listen to it. I, I heard the song and I heard the song. Um, and I think that's a very specific case where she was talking maybe di- like she was talking directly about this, like J. Cole specifically, which I think is different. But in general, aside from that one part of, I mean, her whole social media existence, like she's really just been out there putting out resources for people to do their own homework and do their own research. It's not coming from like a, I'm better than you because I already know all this shit and y'all don't know this shit, what's wrong with y'all kind of thing. It's just, this is what I used, have fun, you know? Oh, and I think- oh. My bad. I was about to say, Cole ain't, Cole ain't deserved those shots, though. Those straight shots from her. Nah. That's just my opinion, though. Nah, he didn't. And they were actually on the same page, I believe. I forgot what the what the um the issue was, but they were coming from the from the same place. So I don't know where like the disconnect was. But back to what you were saying, Jovi. Um, to your point, I feel like sometimes people can go about it like you don't even have to carry yourself as if you're better than somebody. But if somebody in their mind feels like, oh, he's better than me, blah blah blah. They can switch up on you and just go about it as if you're trying to be an asshole. When you really not. It's a lot of humble people that know that they're doing it big, but they still be super down to earth. And it's people that will still hate on them. Like, so. so like, I'm like, perfect example. And I want everybody to think about like this scenario, right? Say 
you and your your wife or Joby, you and your husband, right? Y'all get a little bit of money. Y'all started out. Y'all lived in one place. And now all of a sudden, you know, yeah, it's time to move, right? Y'all are looking for a different property in different places, right? You go to a different zip code. Say you're a doctor or a lawyer. You go to a different zip code with a different demographic, different resources, different school system, right? To you, I'm sure that looks like one thing, but to the people who you just left and to the community you just left, to them, it may look like another thing. So could that be from your from our perspective and the people that move, I'm sure they wouldn't look at it as elitism, but think about it from another perspective. Could that be looked at as a form of elitism? Because that happens a lot in our community where we have a lot of people that don't have doctors, lawyers, engineers, and people to look up to in their neighborhood because those people moved out of their neighborhood. And rightly so, those people that moved out of their neighborhood, they were looking for more resources. They were looking for better services for their kids or different things like that. So, I mean, putting yourself in the, in the perspective of those two shoes, could that be looked at as a form of elitism? I don't, wanna, I don't want to hear none of that because at the end of the day, like we're not supposed to be stuck forever. You know what I mean? We're not on this earth to be paying bills forever, um, being stuck in, in being in poverty forever. We're supposed to thrive. So if like you don't like to see me thrive, then that's on you. But like at the end of the day, I know what I got to do to get out of my current situation. Like if that whatever is, I'm, I need to do to help out my family to be successful, I'm going to do. You know what I mean? I don't care about the outside opinions. You know what I mean? But like at the end of the day, if you look at me and you see a sense of, you know, inspiration or motivation from what I've done, then take that and use it. Don't use it as a negative, though. Like whole, like whole said, you don't work this hard to stay the same. Like, you know wow. what I'm saying? To the person that that you moved out of the neighborhood from, that could be like they could be thinking that way in their mind because they don't have that. But I don't feel like you should have that mindset because like, you know what I'm saying? If, especially if that person is not carrying themselves like, oh, yeah, I'm better than you. I moved and blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like it should be carried that way. You know what I'm saying? Especially if that wasn't put into the air, because now you're just really making things up in your mind. Like yeah, all these it, negative. I thoughts. think a lot of it comes down to just what is your internal growth and what is your awareness, you know, because I mean, perception, I mean, a lot of perception is just based on past experience. So, you know, if someone I know is close to me decides to move because they want better resources around them and say, if I'm not in a, I can say a, a good neighborhood or whatever, I mean, I wouldn't think negatively of it because I know my own goals, what I want to do. Now, if that person is moving because they just feel like they're above everyone around us, like I, I, I like, I really don't, I just think that's just a poor uh, quality trait. Like that person's just not humble. Like you can have pride in yourself and still be humble. Like it's, it's, it's a very, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be a normal thing. You're supposed to learn just through just growing up and just Not values in general. And I think what a lot of people uh, miss is, and I, I think it could be a topic for another day is maybe what a social values what or communication tactics that people just basically gave up on. Uh, Cause you just kind of don't really need it in the society. Like, when people say that they want to, you know, they want to unapologetically, unapologetically say something, but they just simply don't understand how to communicate how they feel in a way that doesn't mean to offend, say, someone personal, not in a wide audience, wide audience, you can't do that, whatever, but save someone they truly care about. You say wide audience or white audience? Wide, <laughs> wide audience. Like you could, you could think for a hundred years on how to say something to a hundred people and you could still gonna come off to a hundred people. I mean, you can't do nothing about that. But just being sure enough in your ability to communicate your thoughts and feelings, I think that's like, yeah, effectively. 
can you tell someone how you feel? Can you express someone a process without, you know, just giving up and just getting lazy with your words? I mean, a lot of that comes to say education. A lot of it comes to just searching and working through how you feel. And that's not a quality that everyone possesses. And I get there's levels to it. And, you know, you got the, those orators who are just elite, but I don't consider them elitist until they'd be like, you don't know a million words? How many spelling bees have you done? Like, I, I really don't know. Yeah, like, I don't consider them elitist until they feel like I'm below them. Like, obviously, I'm not as educated as you are, but I don't consider myself below you. This is just your area. I know I got my own areas. I like that. I like that. And back to um, your example, Mike, I like Keith's point and saying like the motive behind the move, like it's if it's a move because you just want better for your family, like you can still keep, it's not like you're not keeping in contact with the people from that community and showing, and maybe even showing them more in that move and putting them onto something that they could aspire to as well. But if you're moving to a new community just for the flex and like you're not humble about it, you know, there's a difference in the motive. And I think it all, it all comes, stems back to like, whether how things are being delivered, the motive behind it, the intention about it. And that's where that separation in that um, elitist elitism comes. Wait, also real quick, what if, so what if you like, my bad, what if, what if you never had anything and like you moved to like a nice place and you just wanted to like, you know what I'm saying? It's an achievement to you. So you just want to like, you know what I'm saying? Show it off. Would that still be considered as not being humble or like, are you just celebrating your achievement? So I, mean, I don't know. Sometimes like there's shit that you just don't be humble about. Sometimes, sometimes you wanna you wanna live in that happiness and you wanna do that. Now, uh, but that also goes back to Keith's point on like how someone else is perceiving that. Like you're not going, you're going to step on people's toes sometimes, and people are going to take things the their way because of their trauma and how they're perceiving shit. And there's just nothing you can do about that. Like sometimes there's just nothing you can do about the way someone's perceiving things. But go ahead, Keith. The only thing I was going to add is, again, intention. If you're showing off because you're proud of what you got and what you have, I mean, that's great. If you're doing it to be like, hey, I'm you know, the, I'm, yeah, nobody else got just, this. Yeah. It's all me. <laughs> yeah, it's all you. You know, F all those guys. Like, you know, F, F fuck my ex or like whatever the fuck you want to do. Like, <laughs> you're a cornball at that point. Like, it's just like, what's the purpose? Yeah. So, if you're doing it for yourself, it's cool. But if you're doing it for other people, then. Yeah. Like just recently, um, this is really random and might be a little bit off topic, but um, recently, uh, uh, what's his nigga name? Uh, the one rapper who's uh, married to Cardi B, what's his name? The Migo? Offset. Offset. Um, Offset, I guess, got her a gift. Don't she and got a playlist? Recorded, you don't know his name? What's that? <laughs> that one rapper. That one rapper. <laughs> He's a real star in that relationship. But, no. Um, but uh, what's it called? I guess uh, Offset got her a gift and she did the corniest shit. She's recording the gift and then she shows the price tag of said gift. I'm like, what was the point of that? Do you like the gift or do you like the money that was spent to acquire that gift? Like, what is it? Like, yeah, it was, was, it was definitely no point for that because we know that y'all have money. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? We, we know a lot of the things that y'all buy cost some type of like high number like we didn't need to know all of that but yeah that like, that, that can be considered yeah 
parts of like the flex. Like you can you can live in your flex and you know do what you want, but that little corn those corny parts like you leaving the tag on and that shit like you niggas ain't up here. That's that we could do without. Everyone could do without. You know. That's that's how you get robbed. Hey yo, <laughs> who's who's that rapper Twenty One Savage was frying up on live? Cause he wore the Osiris. Yeah, because he wore the <laughs> he had the pants with the tag still on him. Oh yeah, <laughs> he yeah, was rocking yeah. the video. He was like, "Twenty like, one, you don't like this? You don't like this?" <laughs> said, "Hell it's, it's no, funny. take it back where you got it from." It's funny because I mean, whether we all want to admit it or not, we all have participated in elitism in some way, shape, or form in our life. Like even that being said, like I know for, for a fact there's certain people that we wouldn't give the time of day because of how they dress. Or something like that. And if you say no, then you're lying. Like if you but, like come on now, like you've yeah. seen somebody with some with some shoes or something or or a jacket or something like that or looking crazy, and you didn't you might not have looked down on them, but you wouldn't give them the time of day. Like, you know what I mean? Like I know I've seen some chicks that may have been cute or whatever, but they was balanced. Like, nah, I'm not like <laughs> I've never given them the time of is day. Is that like, bad? Or I feel like, I feel like that- women do that more than men do in general. That's facts, but is that bad or is that a preference? Like I feel like it's I mean, cool. To I, have I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's a form of elitism. Believe you it. Know crazy though, Good that, elitism. That reminds <laughs> me of um, in the first couple months since I moved to the DMV, um, and whenever I was in like a social setting and I'm like meeting new people because obviously I'm new here. It was like literally almost every conversation I had. The first five minutes went the same. It was like, "What's your name? Where are you from? What do you do?" And based on your answer to what do you do, and that is how people treat you. Like if you don't work at a government job, or they don't uh, like think whoever you're having a conversation with doesn't think your job is valuable enough to continue having a conversation. Like the, the switch up is so drastic, right. and that's something that I've I experienced like living out here. And I was like, huh, like that's a that's a really interesting you know context and stuff. That that was interesting. For sure. No, nah, for sure. Like, I'm not from the DMV, but every time I'm there, it's, you know, what do you do? Like, who do you know? You know, if you're not in a social group and it's like, all right, you're not able to fit in. Well, you got to understand, like, one thing about the DMV, it's a, it's a white collar city. Like, it's, there's certain cities that are blue collar, which value your work. And then there's certain cities that are white collar, which value your work. So it's not how hard you work. Nobody cares about how hard you work. It's about how, like, what do, what do you earn? What is your status? time because i feel like both of those that was like uh that j cole line where he's like designer or you know (laughs) i'm just saying like certain certain cities thrive off of certain things like cities like baltimore cities like cleveland cities that are pittsburgh they're blue collar cities like steel workers you know what i mean like they they put more value on how hard you work and your principles and then you have white collar cities like a new york a la a dc which are cities that are, you know, they thrive about how much you work. I don't care how much you how much you work is how much are you work. You know what I mean? And it's like you got to think. DC is thrive off the of, off of politics, and politics is based on power, and power and popularity and stuff like that. So it's a trickle down effect. Like it's 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 a government city, things like that. And of course, it trickles down to the culture. Like it's all about how you present yourself. You know, what type of influence do you have? You know what I mean? And if you like. I'm sure Keith, Keith can talk about it. Keith's probably the only other person that went to high school in the DMV. Those lunch tables in high school. Oh man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like the DMV will go on you if you're not if you're not yeah. on your on your stuff. Cooked. Yeah, it's every yeah. high school, Mike. No, <laughs> it's America. America. The DMV, nah, Keith can tell nah. you the DMV breeds. Yo, you will get cooked, bro. Nah. Like, y'all y- 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 niggas aren't funny. 
Yeah, all right. Yeah, you know what? Right. I, Niggas yeah. lash you out on campus with them boots in, in September. I know that probably. I would say, like, P, going to a PWI, I did not care about my appearance going to class on a day-to-day basis. But I really ah. the case at an HBCU. You better be dressed at an HBCU going to class for the most part. PWI, I'm going to fly, basketball shorts, and a T-shirt. Not necessarily. I, you just yeah. can't come looking at you just can't come to class looking janky. Like yeah. you could you, you could look can. clean and like don't look well, like you just w- rolled out of bed. Like it depends. Yeah. It depends on the HBCU. So like, I'm going yeah. to look like because I probably did just roll out of bed, brush my teeth and slide to class. So I mean everybody like, wearing no pajamas yeah, class like, looking crazy. Out, like at least throw a sweatsuit on or like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Look presentable. Like that depends on the school too. Like that's another form of elitism, like the different levels of like, for example, with HBCUs, everybody knows Hampton, Morehouse, Spelman, you have to like present yourself a certain way and like that's in there, that's indoctrinated in their culture. You cannot go to class looking like anything at Hampton. They have dress codes. Morehouse, Spelman, I remember like going there on college visits and it's like, yo, you can't, there's no way that you can even step on campus looking any certain type of way. And they hold their students to a certain type of standard. And then, I mean, certain other schools like HBCUs, PWIs, anything, two-year colleges, they don't hold their students to that same standard. But that doesn't make them any less or any better. But that's just another example of, you know, of... But then there's the difference right there. There's a difference between holding yourself accountable and holding yourself to a standard and looking down at people who don't hold themselves to that same standard that you're holding yourself to. And that's what I, that, I keep on saying the same shit, but that's what it comes down to. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Yeah, so, you know, I went to a PWI and then I transferred to, um, to HBCU. So, like, when I couldn't even wear, like, same sweats two days in a row, you know what I mean? So it was like, nah, I ain't about to do this. They about to cook me up. You know this what I mean? This nigga like, dirty. <laughs> but but it, it really it really is a, a trickle down effect. You know, even in like Greek life and even in like, you know, uh, what is it, Cab? Like, you know, Mr. and Mrs., you know, your HBCUs and stuff. SGA, yeah. Student yeah. yeah, student government. All that stuff trickles down to like elitism. Or Not even, to- I remember when I found out that like student athletes used to have a nickname for people who weren't student athletes. You ever heard of the term NARP, non-athletic regular person? Nobody. And I was an athlete. GDI. No, yeah. And I still didn't But GDI, that's, that's, that's a more common, but like, I don't feel like people are looked down on for the term GDI. Like even GDI. Well, even people that are not Greek say, that, like, yeah, I'm a GDI, or like, you know what I'm saying? GDI is goddamn, goddamn individual if you don't, like. But it, it also depends on who you ask, because there's some there's some Greeks that definitely put themselves on the pedestal and definitely consider Oh, yeah, they're corny. Elite, you know what I mean? And then there's some people that aren't Greek that look at it the same way. Like, there's some that look at it like they think they're better than us, and then there's some that do look at it as elite. Like, I don't know, it just depends on the person, but. That's facts. There are some people that put it on the pedestal. Everything it, is just perception. I think it's just, I, I mean, a lot of it, honestly, is just, uh, I mean, it, it all goes down to like social psychology. It's just people always want to put themselves in a group of people and they just want to be elite, more elite than others. Then you have, I mean, they just, the best way to say it is just, they like treating people who are different and just pin them down. Like if you look at white supremacy, there's, there's no reason for white people to hate us, honestly. But in order to make themselves feel superior, they say any other race other than them, I mean... 
I mean, it's just, like there are people like going back to that Toni Morrison quote, like there are people who really can only make them feel big, make themselves feel big and seem big if there's someone that they're putting down, if there's someone down on their knee, you know, um, and that's something that that they have to work on themselves. Like there's nothing we can do about that. Like, I really feel like, and I'm glad you brought that up, Keith, because even like on a deeper level, I feel like it exists. And of course, all of us can only speak from our culture, but from the outside looking in, I feel like there's way more levels and way more elitism in the black community because of what we've been through in the past. So say, for example, we're always trying to prove amongst ourselves who's worthy because we weren't worthy in the outside world. So if you look at like at HBCU, for example, there's division amongst the band, there's division amongst the regular students, there's division amongst Greek life, there's division amongst sports. All these different things have different levels. Like anybody that's gone to HBCU or knows the culture knows there's a difference between cheerleaders and the cheerleaders that go by a certain name, whether it's the woo-woos or the fifis or the ggs, something like that. There's the band. And then there's like the SOS, like you have to prove yourself to be in that band. There's Greek life and then there's real Greeks and there's cat Greeks. Like there's always different types of division. And it's always like, it happens a lot within our culture and within the black community. And I feel like, like saying, a lot of it is based off of um, us trying to, to prove our work to each other because of what we faced in the outside world. But I mean, that's just an observation. I don't know if y'all- I like y'all that. Or not. Uh, to your point, I feel like, like, I don't want it to be a stretch or nothing, but I feel like this could also go back to, like, slave days. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if that, is that a stretch oh, to no, y'all? No, that's, no, that, that's, no, that's exactly what like, I feel like <laughs> slaves trying to, like, prove their worthiness to, like, the master and, like, the family so they could, like, move up in the hierarchy or become an overseer, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like that's followed us for, like, centuries and, like, now yeah. we're here. Back to that. Facts. House nigga versus field nigga. Like, every Exactly. Year always a separation it always stems back to oh you think you're too good huh no I, mean, like, I think like, we touched on this like mike i think we touched on this uh back in the uh what was it posted up days of just tribalism when it yeah, comes to like up. being the black america you know yeah you're always in black america you're always gonna have to prove yourself we talked about it with music and culture like if you're a rapper you're gonna have to prove your body you're gonna have to oh. prove this if you're, yeah. you're going to have to prove you're, prove you're real, you're, you're made. If you're in the band, you're going to have to prove they got, they go through shit. You're going to prove that you're made. You know what I mean? Like there's always, there's always different levels and different things that you have to prove yourself based on this tribalism that we have amongst our culture. I don't know. It's just something that, that I've observed. I don't know if it exists in other cultures, but from the outside looking in, I don't think it does. It's really trash, man. We, we continue to keep proving ourselves you know, towards each other, you know what I mean? We need to really just focus on elevating each other and uh, enhancing each other as a community. You know, uh, at, at a time we are today, like we hate each other, you know what I mean? We don't hate each other on the pot, you know what I mean? But like, it's people that probably hate on us and it's people that hate on them, you know what I mean? It's just a trickle down effect. But like, all we could do is show love and just make sure that, you know what I mean? We here standing strong. Killing with kindness. That's it. That's it. Not mind your business, and that's that. But we do still have to hold each other accountable, though. So we just have yeah. to find that we have to find that that line between, you know, like, of course, not someone down and bringing down each other. Yeah, but not bringing down each other, but still expecting more from one another. Because we can't just, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we can't like rock. You know what I mean? Or you know, we just got to find that that line. That balance for sure.
Well, fellas, I really appreciated that conversation. I'm sure that our listeners do too. Tell us what you think using the hashtag, hashtag top number five IVE pod on Twitter. Wait, do y'all um, use it though? Do y'all use it, the hashtag? Mind your business. Oh, yeah. All right, thank I'm you. Just asking. I'm just asking. I'll be looking at the hashtag, seeing who's interacting with us and whatnot. One more time, that hashtag is Top the number five IVE pod. Blow that hashtag up, y'all. Damn, let me get it. Damn, yo. You feel me? So that nobody there is going to be able to interrupt your tweets. <laughs> what did you want to say, Marble Mouth? Uh, <laughs> I'm not discouraged and I'm not hate. So it's all good. Make sure y'all interact with us on Top Five Podcast, IVE, POD. Top five podcasts and rock with us. We got a lot of stuff in store, y'all. All right. So now it's of my favorite segment. Um, it's called our put you on segment. That's where we put you on to uh just about anything we think that our listeners would enjoy. Um, I don't have nothing off of the top of my head, so I'm gonna pass it off to someone while I take my think time. Who any anybody have something off the top of their head? I'll go. Um, I don't got like no hoodies or nothing today, but uh <laughs> Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he does have a, a new tequila out. It's called uh, Turimana. Yeah, it's a pretty cool tequila. It's gluten-free, all that. It's on the market. It's, it's not that expensive either. It's about like $30, $31. Joe be laughing. Wow. Nah, but um, yeah, it's a pretty... Okay. You said what? <laughs> I said gluten-free. Okay. Gluten-free. You got to take care of your body. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, it's a pretty cool tequila. I think people should check out. I know Keith likes tequila, you know, try I'm that out. out. If I'm being honest, but I'll, said, I'll check it out. Yeah, most definitely. Why not? You lie. Crazy. Um, I'll go next. One thing I'm going to shout out is HBCU Buzz. You've probably seen that. I like my HBCU wristband. Um, they're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. They also have their own website. But check them out. It's a friend of mine that started it when he was in college. When we were in college. Um, and it's all news, updates. Um, any type of feel-good news that you want to get surrounding the HBCU community across the whole nation. You see today I'm repping Mississippi Valley State. It's a lesser-known HBCU, but they, you know, they put on. Anybody knows Jerry Rice. That's his alma mater. But they, um, you know, it's a, it's a good school. So I try to try to rep some of the lesser-known HBCUs. We always know about the ones that everybody else knows about. But support your, your smaller HBCUs. You know, CIAA weekend was actually supposed to, I think it's supposed to be this upcoming weekend, supposedly. It was missing yeah. out on that. So show love the HBCU buzz though. You get a chance. No, nah, that's what's up. Shout, shout out to black businesses, man. We need more of them. Um, but my put you on this week. Uh, I hope I don't get canceled. But Tory Lanez just dropped the new song with Chris Brown. It's called Phil's. Get the fuck out of here. That's trash, bro. Uh, so we yo, just had like a productive, great dialogue. Yo, it's a good vibe. Hey, you brought you brought this clown in. Um, he was trolling, y'all. He was just kidding. Let's try this again. <laughs> y'all from the top. Let's go. Yo, nah, thanks, but nah. You, you know, about to double uh, down. Yo, y'all. <laughs> I said. I'm gonna mute you, Duke. <laughs> yo, but make sure y'all tap into my man Tory Lane. Oh, he said oh, it again. God, God damn. <laughs> Yo, no, did we cancel him? The the charges just dropped. We can't. I don't care. Whatever they said. That was that actually fake. fake. It was actually fake. fake. What are you talking about? It was actually fake. 
whatever yeah. yo anyways if you want to get put on to some actually good music check out lucky days um i don't know if it's an ep or an album but it's called table for two um i enjoyed it all the way through it's like seven songs 23 minutes i enjoyed yeah. it and then there's also sid who is um one of the lead singers off of the internet she also dropped a single called missing out i really what? enjoyed She's uh she's actually independent. Her and internet broke yeah. like three years ago. Um, I mean, I didn't know that they broke up. I thought that they like she has been doing. She has a couple projects that it's that is just her, but they like, also have projects like where they come together. It's kind of like Aventura. Like Romeo sometimes does his own thing with the. You know about Aventura? <laughs> Did you go when they just left last year? That was like one of my last concerts. That shit was live. I didn't know what they were yeah, saying whatsoever, but it was lit. Uh, concert was lit. <laughs> I'm into that. I fuck with I'm into that. Hey, wait, hold on. I got one more to put you on. Sorry. Uh, Jim Jones. Ooh, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Whew, I was about to say, damn. Nah, but um, Jim Jones and uh, Neek Bucks, they just dropped uh, an album. Well, they not together, but Jim Jones dropped the album and Neek Bucks dropped the album. Y'all should go check that out for sure. Jim Jones is the New best York member City. of Dipset, by the way. Oh, uh, you know, well, that's, that's, I know people, I, uh, yes, he is. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. I know this has put you on and everything. I feel like he is now, but back. Well, as far as hits, as far, wait, hold on. As far as like lyrical, like back in the day, you gotta say Juels. From start to finish, nobody has contributed. About him? Jim Jones. Ah, uh, man. Hold start on. to finish. Jewels, we, we still didn't get that Can't Feel My Face mixtape with Wayne. But, um, it's been 15 years. Look, I say this. I say this. Jewels for the lyrics, uh, Jones for the hits, and Cameron for the music in general. Nobody but Jimmy asked. definitely Overall. had the hits. Overall, Overall if there's one it. person you can't have, like, you, you you can't have Dipset without, if it's one person. You can't Jimmy. have without Cameron. He the backbone. Jimmy, Jimmy the backbone, though. It's Jimmy. Jimmy's the backbone. I'm sorry, I gotta go with Duke with that one, but y'all go crazy. Uh, Keith, what's your <laughs> pitch one for this week, yo? These niggas is bugging. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Status. Uh, <laughs> out of hand. I don't even have one. To be honest with you, I've been sitting here thinking hard. I was like, dang, I really don't have anything. Nigga looking around like, right? what can like, I say? Did I buy <laughs> something? You go, you gonna put them on to something in the house? What you? I mean, that'll be that's. I mean, that's what you should be putting them onto, like stuff they're actually using. You have like a nice curtain? maze. In the crib. I mean, a that's, a case. Bar. that's right. a bar right there. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, how about this? Uh, put your one to uh, Autumn's Eye, my uh, close friend Bird. She does photography here in DC, Maryland, Virginia area. She sucked me up. She sucked a lot of other people up before great prices and she's doing a, a fundraiser right now for her first building so if you can donate autumn's eye on ig twitter i mean hey, just check her out. out dope spell it out for us what is it autumn's eye like autumn the season okay. and i as in gotcha. you know guy <laughs> he's, just, he's just like he's like that black mom you said you said spell it out for me He's like that black mom when you ask her for help with your homework. I said four plus four. <laughs> you can hang, can't you? Like when you don't know who someone's talking about, so they're like, oh, you know Chris. Chris who? Chris Chris. Like saying Chris, the name. No, 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 no. No, that works though. That My mom used to tell me get a dictionary. So I, 
that that was you were no help at all. She said spell it out. <laughs> you say autumn. No, but autumn. that. Autumn. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No help. No. Um. Anyway. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening once again. Um, we hope to see y'all. Well, we hope y'all see us and listen to us again next week. Again, you've been listening to Top 5 Podcasts with Joe Lee, Duke, TB, Michael, and Keith. Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah.